No, I started actually playing violin when I was like five. Cool. <laughs> um, and that became like a pretty serious like career, not career. I mean, I was like five, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like go big or go home. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I have something in my throat. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back. I fucked myself up. It doesn't really matter, but whatever. You're here. We're here. Happy to have you. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers. Ah, cheers. Yes. Cheers. And before we get into this, I don't normally do this sort of thing. I've been very against this sort of thing for a long time, but the whole like, Please like and subscribe and check out my stuff and share it with people. Love you know that self promotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like I just it. I don't. I'm, I haven't really been into that, but I'll tell you this: that the past couple episodes, the people that have been on the show have been really proactive about sharing it. Not that much, not annoyingly, but they've just shared it, and like the episodes have got like five times the amount of attention is like an episode that doesn't. So I will say this for you once this goes live and for anybody that's watching this right now, just take a second and share the shit because it really helps us. It's going to help me. It's going to help your homie over here who we're going to get into in a moment if you don't already know who this is. (laughs) But yeah, so it helps a shit ton because the internet is trash and you can make it better with uh, sharing things like this. So cheers to that. I'm going to have a sip of beer. And we're going to fucking do this. So I'm sitting here today. This is a last minute booking. I will tell you this. You've been on my list of people to hit up. But I'm technically booked up through the rest of the year. Oh, wow. Already. Damn. So I had a guest cancel today and I put out a little thing on the internet. I was like, yo, if anybody wants to come in tonight, you can be here. You can slide on in shortcut fast pass your way in. And then the homie made their way in. So here we are. (laughs) And for anybody that doesn't know who I'm sitting next to, why don't you introduce yourself to the people of the internet? Because everyone's really happy to see you. Oh, shucks. Um, I'm Kaivos. 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 You have to say it like that. Kaivos. 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 Kaivos is a, a songwriter, electronic music artist, Kind of dark, kind of pop. I don't know. How would you want to describe it? Genres are fucking garbage. And like, even in like the stuff that you do, it's not even just one thing. Because I remember when I first heard something that you had done, I was like, whoa, this is kind of like, you know, it reminded me of like very dark pop with like, like kind of like jungly trip hop stuff kind of going on. Just like this weird mixture of things. But then I've heard other stuff that you've done that's been like way more pop driven and then other stuff that's been even (laughs) darker. So it's kind of like, you know, I'm sure I don't want to like pigeonhole you by throwing like, oh, like it reminds me of like maybe like Grimes, but like something like that, I would imagine was probably some form of an influence. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah, I have no fucking clue. I feel like anytime like I see anything describing my music, there's like, there's the generic like dark wave pop, like kind of genres. But then outside of that, like the like weird specifics get so strange. I honestly learn a lot anytime anyone says anything about me. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. And I'm, I can't think of an example right now, but like, you know, like 
beach goth, like surf punk. Like, I don't know. <laughs> All of that somehow makes sense to me. I hate it, but like, I, it also is like, oh, that's like a helpful descriptor. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I am, but. Yeah, I've yeah. I've dealt with it for years with my like rap shit that I do because like I've been like, okay, I get like the very obvious like, oh yeah, Beastie Boys, yeah. Rage Against the Machine. I'm like, cool. And then like it gets bad. People are like Limp Biscuit, And then somebody, wanna, then, I, I've, then I've also been compared to like Law Dispute and At The Drive-In. And I'm like, where the fuck are you getting that from? And it's just so weird how like people listen to stuff or yeah. like. I remember like the best thing that ever happened was there was like there was this kid that was in like I don't know it looked like like I was playing a show in Oakland way back in the day and uh there was a kid that came up to me that had like just like pit clothes on very Oakland he was like you remind me of mindless self-indulgence so I was like one why do you know who mindless self-indulgence is two cool because <laughs> I'll take that over Limp Bizkit any day oh. not that there's anything wrong you know you got to keep rolling 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 right well, okay, here's my here's my thoughts on that. I think that like some people just have like a very limited like scope of like genres or like music totally. that they listen to. So like me, like I get compared to like Billie Eilish a lot and that's like oh, I don't I yeah. don't really get it. Like I guess maybe kind of, but then I realized like I think that those people just like no offense to anybody who said that to me. I'm like not offended, but it I just I feel like it's like, oh, female vocalist, like kind of minor poppy. Like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like those. Yeah, I could see that. It's kind of like just a limited range of I like, oh, female fronted. People like. <laughs> whose idea of music in general is just like top 40. So you're yeah, totally going to exactly. get a Billie Eilish. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, when I listen to your stuff, you know, obviously it's okay. Like there's some Grimes in there. There's mm -hmm. probably some Bjork scattered somewhere and then maybe some oh, yeah. Kate Bush over here. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Like a weird mixture <laughs> of all of that stuff. Yeah. Or just like electronic production in general. And that's the fun thing about electronic music is that you have this ability to be so elastic and like do whatever you want because like, I mean, if you're working with synthesizers you mm -hmm. just change a preset and all of a sudden you're just like in a whole nother world you're not yeah. tied down to the restrictions of like a guitar or something even though there are pedals and things like that but obviously plugins are cheaper than pedals so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. oh my god you'd be i mean i don't yeah, know if you yeah, know yeah. already but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it gets pretty crazy sure 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 so i do want to start the conversation there on some nerdy shit i'm really curious about your setup and what you're working with right now primarily um yeah so i produce everything in logic um it's not my every time i say that i'm like but no it's not like that i swear but I don't know. I don't, I, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. So you also hate logic. I don't have, I mean, I don't really have an opinion on it. If you know what how to fucking you don't have an opinion on my preferred dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, um, yeah, no, I started out in Ableton. Um, a lot of the tracks that I'm making for this next album were produced in Ableton initially. And I just like lost the project file. My computer crashed. It's the whole thing. Basically, I use Logic now. Shout outs to Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Apple. Uh -huh. So, yeah. Um, what am I saying? Yeah, I basically, I produce everything in Logic. Um, I use a lot of plugins and VSTs in there. And then everything that I do live is actually like, I, I make it in Logic initially. And then I just load all of that onto um, an SP404 to perform. Um, and I generally use uh, Roland Gaia 
uh, as kind of almost just a MIDI controller, except like occasionally as an actual input. Um, but then I just kind of translate everything from that to the 404 Gaia. And I also use a Nord drum for beats and live, you know, showmanship stuff. Totally. Um, so I just load everything onto there and that's how I perform. And uh, was that your question? It was. You actually jumped ahead. I was going to ask you about <laughs> your recording setup versus your live setup, but it's good oh, to get it. It's good yeah. to get. I was going to get there, like, but it's cool. So you're working primarily in Logic right now. Yeah. And you're working with, I guess, just like a lot of soft sense and like some hardware stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have limited hardware. I've like restarted my life a million fucking times and it's hard to like maintain a, like a degree of gear. Yeah. When you like only exist with like a backpack for certain periods of time. Sure. And like, so it's pretty minimal, but I definitely prefer that. Like limitation is really helpful for me. It's crazy. Even like, I don't have like this huge like vault of gear, but I have like a, a decent amount of hardware in my house, mm -hmm. but I'm so on the go all the time with like work or at shows or on the road playing and stuff that like now having the ability to just work from a laptop is I find myself doing more and more and more mm -hmm. just on the computer. There will be times where like I use native instruments a lot machine. That's like my main thing for skeleting all my stuff. Yeah. And uh, in terms of like software stuff right now, I'm tracking everything in Adobe Audition just because I have it and I know how to use it. Mm -hmm. And I've said this a thousand times, but everything, every single album that I've put out to date, I've recorded on a Windows 98 tower that I still have and it still Whoa. works intentionally because I love this thing. It's just like every project I've ever done from high school up until now I've done on this computer. Damn, um, impressive. I'm probably not doing the next one on it because again, I've just gotten so used to doing shit on the go. Yeah. And now I'm working in Adobe Audition, which whenever I talk to people about that, they're like, why are you using that? I'm like, I don't know. It fucking works. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like again, like I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'll like pretty much write everything in uh, the machine software. And then I can export everything into Audition. And then once we're like in like the studio studio, we'll be like, okay, cool. Let's add like maybe replace that like soft synth with like an actual keyboard. And like, yeah. let's change that synth bass line to an actual bass and like start getting freaky mm -hmm. once we're like in the setup. But for like writing, it's just like having like a little sketchbook of a laptop that, it, you know, I could put my headphones on and be on the fucking bus and work on shit if I want to. Mm -hmm. And I have done that. And it's awesome being able to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So with you and your background as an electronic music performer, mm -hmm. composer, did you get your start in music doing electronic stuff or were you doing other stuff prior to what you're doing now? Oh, yeah. God, no. Um, yeah. No, I started actually playing violin when I was like five. Cool. <laughs> um, and that became like a pretty serious like career, not career. I mean, I was like five, but like... <laughs> I, you like, know, like go big or go home. Yeah. Um, but like through high school, you liked it a lot. Yeah. I was like practicing like nonstop. I was, I was homeschooled. So I was able to practice like literally fucking constantly. Um, my, I mean, it changed like year to year depending on like my life, but I usually shop for between like three to six hours a day of practice or something fucking batshit crazy like That's that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So it was like pretty wild. I was in like, a number of symphonies like bouncing around um, 
And uh, I started getting into composition when I was like 13 or so. Um, And yeah, I started writing for like more orchestral kind of like pieces, like quartets, like piano trios. And I loved it. And I wanted to write like movie soundtracks for a bit. That was like my goal. I was like, okay, movie soundtracks. And then I heard the Halo soundtrack. I had never played Halo. And I was like, okay, fuck that. I'm going to make video game soundtracks. Cool. And obviously that that, that hasn't happened yet. There, um, there is something kind of like dramatic and cinematic about your music. I can totally hear it. Thank you. Oh my God. That's literally like, it's been in the back of my mind. Everything that I've made. I'm like, would a video game pick this up? Like, I don't know. Like, hey. No, that's cool. It's cool music. getting that insight because there's definitely, obviously, this is like the first time we're really having a conversation right now face to face. And I don't know you personally at all. So I don't know your background. Yeah. But I could, there was always something about that. One of listen to your stuff, just like that that layer that totally that connected a dot totally for cool. me in my oh head my with what you're doing. That's awesome. That's great news. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like, I don't know. I didn't jump directly from that to electronic music. Um, but, uh, yeah, some weird life shit happened. And I basically like, I ended up in like a punk band for a while and like, that was fun. It wasn't like my passion. What were you doing in the punk band? Uh, I was playing violin. So it was like a soft oh, transition. Sick. Cool. Um, yeah, I was doing that, um, doing some yell singing. Okay. Um, and I started my own project, uh, after realizing that I was allowed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, kind of like shoegazy. I played guitar and bass in that one. And that was really fun. Uh, and then my life was uprooted and I was like, I don't have any band members and I also don't really want any band members. So how can I do this by myself without anybody? And it was like, oh, I have a I have a computer. Yeah. Shit. Huh. I'm going to be a producer. And now I'm here. I can relate with that. It was really with me growing up. It was very much just awkward kid. Didn't have a lot of friends. I wanted to do music. I grew up listening to fucking like Iron Maiden and Megadeth and all that like hard rock shit. My parents were into it. And I always wanted to make music, but I had no way to do it. Yeah. And then it was just like this perfect storm of like, uh, me starting to understand like what electronic music was and starting to get into like some like hip hop, like more like darker hip hop stuff and uh, having the like the ability to make music in my bedroom basically with yeah. computers mm-hmm. where like I never realized that like I never thought that I would be able to make music. And then I under then figuring out that, oh, you make hip hop beats by you do that on a computer. You don't need a band. You don't need actual instruments. And like, I already have the stuff to do this. I just got to get the, the, the software or whatever, right. you know? So yeah. that was what jump started it for me. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. I love, I love the thing that's really cool about electronic music and writing music by yourself is it just, I feel like it makes you a better songwriter. Have you ever, do you ever feel that way? Like whenever you're like composing stuff electronically, it's like, you're like, like say like you're in your DAW or your sequencer or whatever, it's like everything's right there. And it's so much easier to see everything on the screen. Like, oh, like there's my verse, there's my core, you know, like you get actually see the song structure on the screen rather it being this nebulous thing. And then when it's yourself, you have time to like pick it apart instead of having to like argue over like, oh, this part should be two bars longer with like, you know, somebody else in your band and things like that. There's like this like awesome selfishness and like nerdiness and just like in-depthness that I love to like electronic music and composing it solo. 
Yeah. Sorry, I kind of went off on a thing there. No, I like, <laughs> well, I agree with you, but at the same time, I guess I'm realizing just now, I don't I don't think I've ever actually like written music in a band setting. Like I just kind of had music and said, Hey, can we play this? And my bandmates were like just really fucking dope and like played the songs but made them better. But it wasn't like a like negotiation thing because okay. yeah. it was kind of just like they were my songs and then everybody just like collectively was like oh yeah that's cool yeah do that yeah like so like I'm like yeah totally but I don't know if I've actually experienced I got gotcha. you like, yeah that sounds like hell though that sounds awful yeah fuck that I if can't. you <laughs> if you find the right people it's cool right now with Sykes and the New Violence the album that we're we're putting together right now um it's like the first time with this group of people we're actually like everybody has like crazy equal say in what's going on mm-hmm. and I'm totally cool with it because I'm like really confident in the people that are um, that I'm playing with now. It's That's really good. cool. But I mean it takes a lot of time to find those people. So it just worked out for me but I'm still I'm always working on solo stuff and other things i think it's really important to just do stuff that you don't even release just like very yeah selfish stuff that you just do yourself for like weird experimental things and things like that but less about me more (laughs) about you rewind so you had mentioned that you are homeschooled yeah so what was your family (laughs) situation like were your parents creative types no oh okay not at all all. (laughs) then where'd the homeschool thing come from um they were just like super religious. Oh, like incredibly, snap. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a, it's a whole fucking thing. I had a really weird childhood. We can get into it if you want. Oh, we but don't have to. Thing. I was just curious. <laughs> oh, well, to be fair, it could, it was this, your answer was going to be one of two things. Like, yeah, I had these awesome creative parents that were also artists yeah, that helped like, me foster you know, this thing. Or I had parents that were, you know, over here. And then I ended up doing the complete opposite. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it because it definitely gave me like, I I don't know. I, I've always felt kind of like a not like human, like, and that's definitely like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like a not human. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but like, I don't, I don't know. It gave me like a weird, weird outlook into like life as like a normal person. And so when I, when I like became my own person. Are you an only child? No, I have okay. seven siblings. Whoa, fuck. Yeah. I mean, that that's some, that, that sounds like some religious shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. <laughs> okay. It was. Cool. Um, Where do you fall in that? In that? Are you like in the middle somewhere? I'm are you, the third. Okay. Third oldest. Cool. So you're, I think. you're in the middle. The yeah. middle-ish. Okay, cool. Yeah. Middle-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I, when I became like my own person, I like def like, I kind of like faked everything about myself. I like entered the world and was like, Hey, what's up? I'm Kai. I'm cool. <laughs> Drugs, right? <laughs> oh, Sex, no. am I right? Yeah. Um, and I completely fucked. Like I didn't, I was just like making up whatever with like different groups of people that I met. And like eventually those people, like the group started merging and I just had this breakdown at one point. I wasn't like faking anything drastic, but my personality was entirely fake. Like sure. I wasn't, there were any like huge, like life altering lies in there, but everything <laughs> about my demeanor was entirely fabricated. Yeah. I, mean, so, I think that's growing up in general. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but I like found this like weird middle ground of like being a normal person and um, then I like swung drastically past that. So I went from like, I don't know, like long denim skirts and like pants underneath just in case, like, I don't know, like 
and the like long hair and like church every like Sunday in your house and like sure I went from I went from that to the exact fucking opposite of that there was there's no middle ground like it was just it was yeah here I am absolutely was this in Pittsburgh no yeah I I was uh I was born in LA actually okay um and when I was like eight years old, my parents were like, fuck this big city life. We're going to go look for like the perfect church. I hope they don't watch this. I don't know why they would. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, like that is what happened. So, yeah, they were like, fuck this big city life. We've got a family of fucking 18 right now. Um, so let's sell our house and buy a trailer and live in that while we just like travel America looking for the perfect church. So they did. And we did that for like a year. Um, and they found the perfect church in Texas, the middle of nowhere in Texas. And so that's where I spent most of my childhood. And that's where they're still at. So, okay. How the fuck do you end up here? (laughs) Uh, I kind of did what my parents did and was like, well, fuck this shit. And I just started driving and my car broke down here. (laughs) I'm literally, I'm literally not fucking kidding. (laughs) So, how long ago was that? Two years ago, last month. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I'm happy so to be here. In in that in that trajectory, when did you start doing electronic music stuff? I started doing it somewhere in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> okay. So like in your travels from yeah. Texas to here. Yeah. And was that more just like a limited resources, but uncontrollable urge to create sort of thing was that what spawned that i think it was that and also just like i just wanted a new just like a new identity kind of sure um and i just i don't know i guess i associate like what you do with who you are and that's definitely fucked up but it's you know it's in there well, what do they say? You are what you eat or some, some, some corny like that, right? Yeah. I eat Ableton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so kind of, I guess. It was a, there was a lot of things, but I guess at the end of the day, yeah, that was probably the biggest one is just like, I need to keep doing this, but I have literally nothing at my disposal other than a laptop. Um, yeah. So you get to, you get here eventually. Right. Right. Prior to this, I know you had mentioned that you were playing, you played in a couple bands and things like that. Was that in Pittsburgh or was that like elsewhere? That was in Austin, Texas. So that's the rest of the universe. It doesn't fucking matter. Nobody cares. We're talking about Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. yeah. So once you get to Pittsburgh, you're starting, you already have some music. Was this like the Kai Vos stuff or was this just like, I don't even know what the fuck this is going to be yet. Like when did the music that you have out now, like when did that start coming to fruition and like getting into like, okay, this is becoming a thing and this has an identity and I'm going to start playing shows. What was that like? Um, so I imagine you were probably in Pittsburgh around the time that this all started happening. Yeah, actually it took a while. I, I some of the songs on space cadet, the album I put out this spring and- on Spotify now. Hey, thanks. Yeah. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the songs that are on Space Cadet are kind of like reworked songs that I made like way back when I was first learning how to produce. Um, and almost every song so far that I have on this new album coming out is like a reworking of an old song, just like for nostalgia reasons. But basically like 
I, I had been fucking around with this like for a really long time, but my laptop crashed. Um, when would that be like spring of 2018? Like right after I'd finished like my first complete, like, okay, I could put this out. That was when it was like, boom, nope, not going to happen. Um, so that delayed everything a lot. I didn't actually start working on space cadet as like a complete project until like December of 2018. Um, so not even a year ago. Uh, and I didn't play my first show with that project until February. So it's all quite new actually. Yeah. So it, uh, I will say this. It felt like you came out of nowhere <laughs> and it was really interesting just because from my perspective, I, I, it's like, I had no idea who you were. And I heard the stuff and I was like, this is fucking crazy. And then I just started seeing your name on every fucking flyer. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is awesome. But Aww. like, w- w- what the fuck? So was it just a situation where you started playing shows and then, you know, people saw and you're like, fuck, I want you to play my show. I want you to play my show. And then just, you just got kind of caught in that, 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 uh, I don't know, that, that like Indiana Jones ball where he's like running from it. Just yeah. the gigs start chasing you and you're like, I can't keep up. It did feel kind of like that. Honestly, I initially took, I started taking shows before I had any music like to perform or any way to perform it. Cause that's just how I live my life. Like just like, cool deadline. I'll have something done. Like cool. that's like good. Like I'll play to three people, but I will have something done. Um, so I actually like a lot of the songs that I have released literally like I wrote because my set was only 10 minutes and I was like, I'll throw another song on there. I'll just write something really quick. And then it, like I played it and was like, that felt good to play. I'm going to use that. Um, which is why like, I don't know, set deadlines, do some shit. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm such a big fan of just forcing yourself to do things. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I probably shouldn't be. (laughs) You get a lot of people that say that, you know, you can't force creativity. I mean, you can't, I'm like trying to force it right now and it's not happening. But that being said, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it used to work at one point it worked. I want it to work again. I feel like there's like this energy that happens. Like right now I'm working on a new project, um, with a, a friend of mine that you probably know her name's Indigo and, uh, yeah. uh we're doing like super like Depeche Mode heavy stuff and like, fuck Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, when I came up doing music, um, I got my start, like the first technical band that I was ever in was like a noise band and it was like real crazy, like experimental electronic stuff. And Mm -hmm. then I started like getting into like the hip hop stuff. And then I had some friends that were in a metal band and I got into all these other things, but like my, a lot of my musical background does come from like industrial goth shit so to be able to like be going back to that but with like more of the pop sensibilities that have like entered my soul over the past decade i'm really stoked Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and fuck i forget why i brought that up forcing creativity oh forcing creativity (laughs) energy i was going to talk about energy there was this thing that happened where um we had uh we just like loosely talked about like oh let's do something and like I sat down in front of my shit and then like in two weeks, I had like three songs like that. I just composed everything mixed like 
out of fucking nowhere. I normally don't do stuff that quick, but there was yeah. like just like this uncontrollable urge. And I feel like even though I wasn't technically writing the songs somewhere in my brain, I was already writing these songs because I'd been wanting to do it for so long. Yeah. And now like, I feel like it's kind of caught up with me now where now I'm back on like, a, Oh, I can't force this. Like I kind of went through the reserve of energy that I had. And That's now, it, and now I'm back to just like a, uh, okay there's a thing that exists and now I have to contribute more. Mm -hmm. And once you like kind of set a precedent, like you already have an album of material out. It's like, okay, everything needs to somehow like be as good as this in my brain or else yeah. like I'm like failing myself or something. And like That's now so like weird. you have all of these, uh, I don't know. I'm my own worst enemy. Isn't that like some bad rock song, right? Probably. I'm sure yeah, it's like yeah. 18. There's gotta <laughs> be like at least 18 of those. Yeah. So yeah. With your background in general, not playing music, but engaging with music, mm -hmm. what is that all about? What were you like first into? What was maybe some of like the first music that you listened to that fucked you up? Oh, damn. It's, it's it, another, it plays into the weird, weird childhood thing because like there was definitely a, an amount of time where like the thing in our church was like no music with like drum beats because that's like Satan's music. Sick. And I'm literally not kidding. But now that I'm saying that, definitely Enya. Enya was the first artist that I heard that was, that I was like, oh my God, this is like fucking beautiful. What the hell? Like, I want to make this kind of shit. Um, but I didn't really have any like, <sighs> I listened to like a lot of like, just a lot of classical music, like movie soundtracks and a lot of like really bad Christian artists. Okay. Um, and then Enya who was just this like, huh. And then my parents took away my Anya music because they said she was Wiccan. Um, oh no. Well, they didn't say that. They didn't know about the word Wiccan. They were like, oh, she's a witch. And I was like, oh, no. And now I'm like, she is a witch. And that's fucking rad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so your musical background, more traditional in the sense of the stuff that your family would expose you to, mm -hmm. but you eventually made this fucking jailbreak of sorts <laughs> and got, and got away from the fam. And I know that you mentioned that like you had played in like, like a punk band and things like that. So did you just like somehow stumble into like some unfortunate DIY scene and get exposed to all that? Some unfortunate. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. This is something that I haven't even, I haven't even told this to the people that I went with and I'm still close to them, but like the first it, I like, I met the person one, I met the whole group of people that I was in my first band with, like on OkCupid, basically like through some date. Um, and we're like, we're still good friends to this day. Um, it was a good time, but basically like after like our like third band rehearsal ever, um, my friend Sterling and his roommate, they were like, Hey, do you want to go to this like DIY meeting with us? And I was like, that's weird. You don't seem like the type of people to be into crafts. <laughs> And I totally forgot about that until this moment. And then I like, we showed up there and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? And like, I don't think I was like on my phone the whole time. Cause I was so confused and like, didn't care. <laughs> like, uh -huh. like I wanted to play music, but like, I was just like, this is like, y'all are like really intense about some weird shit. <laughs> like, sure. Um, I feel like that's still the case. Oh, People yeah. are really intense about some weird shit. I have so many thoughts on <laughs> DIY culture. Oh, my God. I feel like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, so I was definitely like 
it just I just like stumbled into like the DIY scene. Um, and like, I don't know, it was this weird like, whoa, like this is really weird. All these people need to chill out. And then it was like, oh, that's so cool. We're just celebrating the spirit of like being able to do whatever we want. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, we're all just like doing the same thing. And I'm tired. Like, And I, I don't know. I've, I feel bad like saying that. But there's a certain like dynamic in some like DIY scenes that I don't know. I feel like I've gone on like eight rants about this in the past three months with different people. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> if you're going to rant about something, this is definitely the platform. Are you to on do the it. same page? About, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. It's just like, oh my God, we all like, we're all just playing the same shows in the same places to the same four people. Like, and just like acting like we care, but like we're just waiting for our chance to play. And it's like, just let yourself do whatever you want, sweetie. Like you don't have to play like, like bedroom pop. You do whatever the fuck you want. And if you want to play bedroom pop, that's great. And if you don't, that's great. Like you don't have to like DIY has become like a genre. It's, it's just, Oh my God, I'm just tired. It's a really hard, it's a really hard thing to break down. Um, there, and there's so much nuance to the conversation. It's really even hard to find a starting point. Like whenever mm-hmm. you want to get into it, but I've been doing the show for five years. Mm-hmm. I've talked to literally hundreds of people mm-hmm. that all operate in the Pittsburgh scene, even like bands that I've talked to that are, you know, touring bands that are from other parts of the country. It's all the same. All these scenes are the same people, the same. And there are, there's just always going to be people like, it's so easy to get stuck in a bubble mm-hmm. and, a lot of people don't even realize that they're in a bubble. And mm-hmm. some people, for better or worse, are happy being in a bubble. So it's hard to say, like, okay, you know, like, just because, like, what you're doing makes me annoyed doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong for you. Yes. So you have to have that level of understanding and empathy for, like, other people. So it's just a matter of, like, really, like, asking yourself I think the only thing you do is like really be honest with yourself about like what's right for you. You know, are playing these basement shows to four people right for you? Mm-hmm. If it is sick, yes. go for it, dude. Yeah. But if not, don't do it. Like yeah. I don't fucking do it anymore. Like I'm uh-uh. an old, I, I was just talking with this, with um my friends from short fictions that were on the show recently, mm-hmm. because like, you know, they do a lot of basement stuff and like they're into that. And they were asking me about like, you know, if our, if my metal band would ever play basement shows. And it's like, look, I'm down to hang out with anybody. But at the same time, like me being in a basement, you know, me and all my 30 year old metal friends in a basement with a bunch of 18 year old kids drinking that don't even like metal to begin with. It's just not the place for us. Mm-hmm. And like our people that are going to want to come out, like our people, like our friends are our age and they don't want to go to a basement in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad that y'all have this for you, but yeah. it's just not for me. Yeah. So it's just like, whatever. Like, I will word, you know I mean? If I know somebody that's in that, uh, that's not a part of that scene that should be, I'll be like, yo, you should check this out. Like, you got a band that's playing this type of music. This is, here you go. There's a scene for you, but yeah. it's just not for me. Yeah. But with the stuff that outside of like my metal band because like it's easy for the metal band to play shows but with Sykes and the New Violence or even like something like with what you're doing even though you're playing a lot of shows do you Mm -hmm. find yourself like sometimes feeling like like you 
like you could fit onto shows because you're friends with the people that are there, but like musically, like you're always kind of like the off one sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Not so much recently, but when I was first getting started, it was like, oh my God, like, why am I here? Like, this is really cool. Everybody's really nice, but like, I do not fit in and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> like, Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Totally. We just had this, we just had that moment. We played in Michigan. The Sykes and a New Violence just played in Michigan last weekend. And it was strange because like we were playing with some stuff like I thought that we would fit. Mm-hmm. And but like the reaction was just weird. It, it's just like you never fucking know. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. But like at the end of the day, it's like, well, I don't know. I thought it would work and it didn't. That's OK. Yeah. But like I was happy with it. But I'm still like it's just a matter of like finding those things that work for you and your band and just maintaining that happiness and not doing something because you feel like you're forced to do it. You don't have to play shows every other weekend in the city. You shouldn't. Yeah, I've said this a thousand fucking times that I think one of the biggest problems with like the DIY scene is that everybody that's in the scene, a lot of the people, I won't say everybody, a lot of the people <laughs> play in three bands yeah. and all three of those bands are playing shows in different venues every fucking weekend. So it's really hard to like cultivate a community whenever you are, you know, spreading everybody so thin by being like unintentionally selfish. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, I just feel like if you're a local band and you're playing every other week in Pittsburgh regularly, like how is it not selfish to be playing DIY shows with the amount of bands that we have? But on the flip of that, I understand the only way that you get good is by playing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the opportunity to like tour play outside of the city, it's like, I don't want to like say that you, you don't have the right to play these shows, Mm -hmm. but it's also really hard to avoid the obvious fact that it's definitely also not helping the scene as a whole. So it's like, what do you care about more? Like your personal growth or actually growing the scene and I don't feel like there's a lot of people that actually care about cultivating a community as much as they say they probably do. Yeah. I mean, okay. I strongly, strongly agree with you because I've seen that happen a million times. It was a huge thing in Austin. Simultaneously, I'm realizing I, I tallied it up. I played fucking like 27 shows this year so far. So like I am the problem in a sense, like I've played so many fucking shows. But you're also not a part of the problem because I will say this. I haven't got to see you play. And I have put, there's been multiple shows that you've played that I've put in my (laughs) calendar that like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden something comes up for me. I'm like, fuck, I can't go. I've been wanting to see you play. But with that being said, (laughs) you played a whole fucking lot and I just haven't been able to make it because there's so much other shit that's pulling me away from it. So I will say this. One, you're not playing too many shows because I haven't been able to see you. But (laughs) two, the reason why I haven't been able to see you is because I'm doing too much stuff. So there you go. There we go. I mean, okay. Also, like when I first started playing like a million fucking shows, like I didn't expect anyone would care. And like, it's not that I didn't, it's not that I took them like, I don't know. I de- they definitely were selfish in a way at some point in time. But like, I just kind of like, when I started with this set, it was just me and my sampler on the ground. And this was at the Bushnell was my first show with this set. 
And I just like set a goal to like add something or do something better every show. And it was like by show like mm, 11 or 12, maybe 10 that I had like everything set up like I do now. But it was like I wouldn't have gotten to that point without playing all of those shows. Exactly. 1000%. But it definitely was like, like selfishly motivated. Some of those shows were like, I don't know anyone here. Like I don't fit this bill. I'm literally like, (laughs) I think, I think it just goes back to like, you know, feeling like just doing what's right for you. And I think the other thing that's cool too, about what you're doing is that you could be a bit of a chameleon on shows and you can play more shows because you're not always playing the same kind of show. It seems, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, I now you like you mentioned, you're starting to play more on shows where you fit the bill. Yeah. But also it's like, I mean, like you could play a show with maybe some rock bands in a basement and you're still working out your shit, but it's <laughs> not the same as like, you know, playing a show with like, I don't know, fucking like Marcus and Nadine every other weekend or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> shout outs to them. Hey. The homies. But, um, uh, you know, where, or like, cause like you could also do something like that and that would be like not very uh, productive yeah. for you or anybody if you have. Cause I mean, that happens a lot with the metal shit. Like it happened with fucking uh, Grey Walker, which is the metal band that I play in. Mm-hmm. Um, we try so hard. Cause I mean, we caught it like super quick where it's like every local show we were playing, it was like the same. There was always like one of the same batch of bands and yeah. like, fuck we got to stop this so now it's like we play locally like once every four months mm-hmm. and it sucks because like we don't play out of town nearly enough to offset that but yeah. it's better than just like beating a dead horse yeah no like i admire that i'm next year i'm like i'm gonna be really strict with the amount of shows i take so that sounds like the dream like for me right now when i'm like oh i have two weeks without a show i'm like fuck yeah i have a month off yo i I get so excited i have a friday and a saturday this like tomorrow no shows no plans no nothing there's nothing on my calendar how'd you do that i don't know i wasn't expecting it that's so cool and i'm like what the fuck am i supposed to do what do people do i have no idea like you I have nothing. I'm the wrong person. It's like there's been occasional like, oh, a Friday, but I have a show the next day, you know, but a Friday and a Saturday. I don't know. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) I don't know. But again, (laughs) going back to your point and, you know, with everything you're doing in the live setup and trying to figure out what you're doing, I totally understand that it it takes time because like you have all of your audio stuff and you have some visual stuff that you do too. Yeah. With like a projector or something. Yeah. And uh, I mean, with Sykes, it's like, it's the same fucking thing. We got the projector. I have all my live shit. I have backtracks and trying to figure out like how I want to run the backtracks and Mm -hmm. all my vocal pedal stuff. Like there's just like all these things. It just takes a lot of time. And the only way to do it, like, you can fucking practice in your room all you want and it works perfectly. But you go to a fucking <laughs> venue, you know, where they, like they're fucking like they don't get enough power and somehow now your fucking thing's not working correctly or like yeah. you never thought about the fact that like, oh, the only outlet in the room is going to be 50 feet away and I don't have an extension cord. So I guess I got to buy always an extension cord. Always bring an extension cord. <laughs> That's my like number one thing is like always bring an extension cord. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, though. I don't know anything else. Yeah, That's now, all. <laughs> now I just have this like MacGyver kit of like every possible like connector, audio and power and visual that I could ever fucking need for anything. It's just, yeah. I hate dragging around all this extra stuff, but you never know. You never know. You literally never know. Yeah, absolutely. I like 
for a while I tried to like scope out venues before I played them just kind of like under the radar like fake beard sunglasses <laughs> just <like. laughs> yeah. yeah totally that's what I did um literally just because I had like so much anxiety about like how's this gonna work like can I bring this is this gonna fit like where's the projector gonna go and now I'm just like mm. It's going to happen. I'm just going to make it happen. And the thing that's tricky too with what you're doing and we battle this too with Sex and a New Violence, it's like if you don't have a room that has like some form of a working okay sounding PA, you're doomed. Mm-hmm. You're oh, yeah. fucking doomed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten to a point now where like, you know, I bought PA speakers that we bring with us. Really? Yeah. That's next level profesh. Yeah. Damn. So it's like either like if we're playing a place that is shit, we're good. Mm -hmm. But if they don't, we typically like I have a, uh, so I have like a, and I built like a rack that has a, an eight channel output interface that runs for my computer. So I can run all my backtracks separate instead Mm -hmm. of like giving, like here's all of my backtracks on one line. I'm like, here's one line that's drums. Here's synth. Here's this. Oh, smart. So what I'll do if I'm playing a place that has a decent PA, I will run extra outputs to my PA just for drums so the drums can bang a little louder because that's usually the thing that like doesn't hit as hard as I want it to. Because again, I'm doing hip hop. The drums got it. Yeah. If you can't hear the fucking drums and you're trying to rap, it's going to it's it's a really, really sad situation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's what I do. And, uh, again, it's like the thing that's really crazy now too, is a lot of that stuff isn't even that fucking expensive. I just bought like two Mackie self-powered speakers. It was like, Oh yeah. I've been meaning to get some of those. Yeah. They're, they're really good. Yeah. They're decent. Like they're not the best, but they work. They're loud and they fucking work. Yeah. Yeah. I got like a, a pair of Mackie thumps for like, it was under 400 bucks for the two speakers, which I mean, that's not not a lot of money, but it's also not a whole lot of money. Yeah. If you're playing a lot of shows and you mm. got a way to get them around, like it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking happy that I had them because now it's like no matter what I know, no matter where I'm playing, it's always going to be loud and it's going to sound good. Mm-hmm. And I really like the the <laughs> the thumps as named have like an unnecessary low end response, which I like in a live environment because usually if you like couple it with the PA that the venue already has. Uh-huh. It's like you get like some like, extra junk in the trunk again, which works well for like <laughs> what I'm doing with the hip hop stuff. Yeah. But I could see it working too with like your like dance for dark stuff. Just having that like extra rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Just that low frequency. It helps. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. Huh. I'll look into it. Thank you. It's worth looking into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully like with this cut back on shows, I will stop needing that so bad like we'll see i don't know i'm trying to like spend more money on things that will help me with recording and less on live shows and the like effort to like be like no kai you don't need to play another show just like stay at home work on your shit it's so weird like even with like even the show that we played in michigan um we didn't bring the speakers with us and i'm Mm -hmm. wishing that we would have because like we played a place it's called the loft it's in lansing michigan Mm -hmm. and it's it's a decent sized venue it's like a 500 cap room it's a big room yeah but regardless, it's just like the monitoring is not set up in a way where like we could hear like I'm sure like out in the room it sounded good. Mm-hmm. But like you have like everybody in the room, they're getting the subs, they're getting the mains. And like all we have is these monitors that don't have like 
the same frequency response. So yeah. we're on stage trying to play and it doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I need it to be like at least a certain level of loudness for me to be able to get into it. Like if it sounds quiet on stage and I'm trying to like pour, I can't pour my heart and soul into silence. Yeah. Like if like, I'm like, (laughs) if I start like, you know, like doing my thing and like my voice is louder than the backtracks, like I can't even like, I can't stay on, like I can't even stay on beat because like I'm, my vocal performance is hitting my ear louder than the monitors. So yeah. it's like, I, it's like, I wish we would have brought those speakers with us. Cause we could have had them on stage as extra monitors for us. Yeah. That's also smart. I played a show a couple of weeks ago where like they, the monitors like just weren't working or something. And it was a really fun show, but like I, I saw some videos of it like on Instagram and like, I have a lot of like backtrack vocals for like some layered effects And it was just like so awkward and weird. Everything was like delayed and you couldn't tell like which was my vocals and which was the backtracked affected vocals. And Uh like, I don't know. It was just, it was super weird. Like it it was just weird. Have you ever thought about doing like any of your monitors? Oh yeah. They're on my list. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's something that I think we're going to get into with, we had a live drummer for a while. Um, we haven't, we haven't had one for a while. Um, and we're not going to get one now, but, there's a lot of stuff on this new stuff that we're doing where it's like, Oh, there's passages where it's just guitar mm-hmm. or it's just bass for a few measures. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have like in ear clicks mm-hmm. and like those backtracks, like it's going to be always that awkward thing where it's like, you think you're on time, but then the beat you're comes so in that like half measure early. And you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Because like you're, you know, like you're trying to count it in your head for those little pauses. Yeah. So that's, I'm starting to look into it. I think we're going to need it. Yeah. Well, let me know what you find because same. Yeah. I can't keep doing this. I think that <laughs> there's, I think with you being one person, it won't be a huge investment for you. It's just like when you have four no, people and you got to buy like four packs like four wireless packs and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like the cost really jumps up. So you're like you're talking to all the homies in the band and it's like, yo, you got a couple hundred bucks to pitch on this. Yeah. You know? And again, That's that true. goes back to the conversation of like, well, how often are you playing? Yeah. But it's like, also it's like, even if you're only playing one show every, you know, six weeks, it's like, you still want that one show to be fucking good. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Hmm. Good for thought. So, yeah. yeah. But also the other thing too with you, since you're kind of like, since you're more stationary and you already have like a computer and stuff by you, you could do this really easily. And this is going to be, okay, so this is a boring hour (laughs) for anybody out there that is not a total gear nerd. I apologize, but I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, just give a guy here a bit of advice. So thank you. <laughs> so if you get, um, if you have any sort of a, whenever you're playing live, your output from your laptop, are you running it like from the, are you running your output from some, any sort of an interface or are you just using like the headphone out on your laptop? Nothing is coming out of my laptop. The laptop oh, really? is purely for visuals. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have everything on your 404 yeah. and keyboard. Yeah. Literally everything. Literally everything. Okay. So what I would suggest, and this might be a bit of a bummer, would be an easy way to do it. There's probably another way to do this, but like say you were to run all of your backtracks from Ableton or from 
logic or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And if you had like an interface that had multiple outputs, mm-hmm. um, you could run, say like you have an, an interface that has four outputs, right? You could run a stereo out to the PA that mm-hmm. would be all of your backtracks. And then you could have the click track assigned to another output that just could be, just could be going into your headphone thing right there. There's and you a can, thought. And you can run that all from the DAW. So, uh, I mean, all you would really need is just like either a wireless headphone thing or just a long enough cable. Because again, like all the video that I've seen of you, you seem to be pretty stationary in your spot. You don't, you're not moving around too, too much. I don't know how much... I you just are? don't, I just don't like to be constricted. Like I hardly, like I rarely sure. w- even wear like shirts anymore. It's just kind of like, yeah. me, just like, I don't, I don't want any, like I, I might be in a box, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so, really unfortunate. So I can't the wireless, the wireless thing would probably be, well, that's the problem too, is like usually even the, the wireless packs, they still have a cable that's running up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't None know. None of that. Fuck that. Yeah. Can't you do that. can't do Bluetooth because there's always latency with Bluetooth. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I yeah. mean, maybe you can like get a homie to like duct tape the cable up the back of your spine or something like maybe. that. So it's out yeah. of the way. Maybe. You could figure it out. <sighs> I'll figure it out. So getting back into exciting conversation. That's not what I meant to do, but it's fine. Back into exciting conversation. Uh, That's the one I wanted. There we go. What is on the horizon for what you're doing? You mentioned that you're working on an album. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's no projected release date for that. You're getting ready to go into hibernation. You're going to work on that. That's going to be tight. Yeah. So I think what the people really want to know is like, okay, you're not working on music. You're not at shows. You're not chilling. What else do you do <laughs> for fun? Are you? Oh. Do you have any other secret hobbies? Any any art? Any DIY that's actual crafts? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, um, yeah, like true DIY homies. Like you know. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, actually. This is a weird question for me because I really literally have no fucking clue because everything that I do is like, it just seems like it somehow falls back into the category of like things I'm pursuing musically. Um, like most of this year, I like didn't allow myself to like watch TV even like I was just like, con- I'm like a very like go, go, go kind of person, which really sucks. I'm so tired. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> Yo, I, I will. I will tell you this. I don't know. You, um, you don't have to open that beer, but if you want it, you're more than welcome. Thank you. <laughs> second beer. Cool. Oh no. Here we are. That's just the second beer that I've spilled on the show recently. I spilled two. <gasps> I didn't spill that much. That sucks. Is your laptop okay? God. It's fine. It's fine. Oh this God. is uh, by this point the rave on me episode <laughs> is aired. The, it hasn't aired. The, uh, I completely dumped an entire beer all over my MacBook during the Rave on Me episode. <gasps> Fuck. It's so fucking funny. That um, sucks. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do real quick before we get into talking about taking breaks. Yeah. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to grab a towel. Okay. And why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? 
Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, on the internet, uh, let's see. You can find me on all the things. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. I hear iTunes is leaving pretty soon, which is weird. Um, end of an era. Yeah, I thought iTunes was like just Apple Music now. I thought that they completely think, dropped the iTunes thing. I think that iTunes is still going, but it's like very like, it's like not. It's like, I don't know. It's like Facebook 2025, you know, like anyway. Yeah. But while that's out there, you can find me there. What'd you say? Facebook is dying. Facebook's dying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like iTunes is just like Facebook. Facebook deserves to die. I'll tell you this. I'm getting like I'm getting all these like emails now from Facebook that like they want to like schedule calls with me to like help me better manage my business pages. Jesus. And things like that. And it's like, yo, if you're trying to talk to me, little little start the beat with Sykes and my little like 2000 likes Facebook page. That's one thing that really pisses me off. We're going to get into a little side tangent here. I don't think that it's super fair for people like me or you who have these like, and this is I'm talking about in terms of Facebook or Instagram because they're the same fucking thing now. I don't think it's fair that people like us that have these stupid little pages that have a couple thousand likes or whatever mm-hmm. are like subjected to the same like promotional restrictions as like Pepsi and Coca-Cola or Nike. It's like literally the same fucking thing. And it's just like, okay, like I guess maybe we're the majority. Like there, you figure how many people are Coca-Cola or Nikes. You know what I mean? That's like the one. That's, per- that's like the one percenters. So yeah. <laughs> obviously they're making money out of like strangling five bucks a week out of stupid boosted posts from fucking me. Mm-hmm. But like, I just don't feel like it's fair. I feel like in a perfect society, I feel if you had a social media page on something like Facebook or Instagram or any other free social media platform, if you have a page that has under 10,000 likes or something like that, like you should not be subjected to the same rules. Absolutely. As as like, you know, a page that has 10.5 billion likes because it is like really counterproductive Mm -hmm. because this is the thing. Facebook, if you're listening, (laughs) apparently you are if you were trying to schedule calls with me. Yeah. If you like pulled the throttle back and you actually like allowed people like me to get to a point where it's like, oh, like, you know, like people that like my page actually see what I'm posting and I don't have to like fucking do some rigmarole to get them to see my shit. Yeah. Um, and the page could grow to a point that I like organically gain 10,000 followers and I start making money. I might be in a position where I could give you a hundred bucks a week versus five bucks a week. If you help me fucking grow my business. Right. Oh my God. It's like, (laughs) I don't have a problem like paying for things. Like I don't think people things should be handed me for free, you know, but it's like, it's really hard. Cause I know that's like this five fucking bucks a week that I'm throwing to promote episodes. It's like, it's not helping me a whole, it's not, any skin off my back. It's like, whatever. It's one less sandwich at the pear and the pickle I can eat. Yeah. Oh, which really sucks. <laughs> that does uh, suck. But <laughs> it's, it's like, what the fuck is the five bucks helping you? Facebook. I don't know. It's, that's just the way I think about things, but no, I think whatever. that's super reasonable. Again, that's yeah. just my like a uh, DIY bleeding heart bullshit. I understand <laughs> that the world's fucking cold and they're just going to take that five bucks in any way they can from whoever they can. Yeah. But totally capitalist Facebook. 
before we uh before we get into all of that or before we get in <sighs> you're doing great before we get caught up in all that stuff i'm super distracted because that's okay there's beer everywhere i went on a side rant about facebook that i wasn't expecting to <laughs> classic diy <laughs> <laughs> amen uh one thing i wanted to talk to you, you mentioned that not giving yourself time to relax and, you know, not watching TV, fuck this and that. Like, that's how I was, how I've been for a very, very long time. And I super relate with it. And unintentionally, I've found myself over the past couple of months in this thing where I'm starting to just like let things go. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying no to things that I don't want to do, which was a topic that we had kind of loosely talked on like do the things that you want to do yeah don't do things just because you feel like you should yeah um and i'm taking more time to relax but it's not even like a, oh i'm gonna relax tonight i just kind of like will be hanging out just watching something I'm like oh fuck like this is abnormal or like i'm talking with somebody about stuff like somebody's actually talking about something on netflix and i know what they're talking about for once yeah and like fuck things like yeah. that like um, and it just kind of happened naturally. But at the same time, I feel like I don't feel like I'm doing anything less than I've been doing before. And I don't feel like I'm doing anything more. I just, it just seems like it's just going with the natural flow of where my my life path has taken me. And it's just where I am now. As well, I mentioned good. before, like there's a Friday and a Saturday coming up here. I don't have anything to fucking do. I'm not necessarily mad about it. But it's just like, I think it's just... Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of that, I think the reason why I have that though is also like that starting to say no to things that I don't want to do. So mm-hmm. now I'm finding more time for myself. Mm-hmm. That's and huge. I'm super stoked on it. Yeah. Aw, I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay. Very cool. Yeah, I'm not there, but that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, maybe you will get there. I think that it's just that don't be afraid to say no. I think yeah. it's so funny. I think for a long time, when you're getting into music, you have to convince yourself to say yes. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden you're starting to convince yourself you have to learn how to say no again. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just, I think I'm just, I'm just not, I, part of me is always just like, oh no, things are so good. They're going to end. Like there's not enough time. Somewhere in the back of my brain is always somebody saying like, there's not enough time. You got to go. Even though it's like, Literally nobody fucking cares. Like, just do whatever you want, whatever you want. But I'm like, no, we're going to die. I have to do this shit right now. And that's, you know, I don't know. I, I, that goes <laughs> back into the the forcing creativity conversation where it's like, right. I also feel like you got to do as much as you can while you're here. Like, shout outs to Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, your homeboy from the Muppets. Uh, he lived that... There was, I've been like, I've been in a Jim Henson wormhole recently, which is like, that's a weird sentence. Weird. <laughs> um, but like, there's something that's like really awesome about that dude in the sense that like, he had this like, I guess like he had lost some people pretty early in his life mm-hmm. that were really close to him and like, and it instilled this like, this like, <laughs> like unfortunate sense of mortality in him and he always felt like he always had to be working because he never knew how much time he had yeah and like to be fair he 
didn't have a whole lot of time. He did end up passing away way, way earlier than he should have. Mm-hmm. But uh, so like thinking about things like that, it's like, yeah, I mean, you never fucking know. Or even something as simple as like, you never fucking know when your MacBook's going to crap out. Yeah. So it's like, you know, let's get this fucking music out mm-hmm. and get it fucking released because I don't have another fucking $2,000 to buy a computer right now. So yeah. at least maybe this music will be out. Yeah. Get it done. I think also just like on a very like smaller scale than death kind of thing, but still like intense. Like I've just had my life uprooted way too many times where it's like at one point I was in a place to make music and then suddenly it was like square one. You have nothing like like, so many times. That's some sort of a like a death of something, not necessarily a uh, a physical or a, a biological death. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, any time anything gets good ever, which, like, I don't know, like, life has had a lot of weird changes for me recently, and it feels really good, and I'm just so skeptical. I'm just like, there's no way. I gotta finish this music now, like, before there's, like, before I'm, like, out on the street again. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's where I'm at. But I am am trying. I've, I've relaxed more having released this album. That time was wild. I was getting up at, like, literally, like... 3 a.m. before having to go to work at like 6.30 a.m. It was just like any time that I had, I would spend like fixing something or recording something. And I'm, I've gotten better than that, but it's still pretty bad. <laughs> well, no, that's awesome. Uh, it's like I, I always juggle with um, that. I try so hard to, right now, my, my adult mature brain is like, yo, go to bed early and wake up early because, mm-hmm. you know, I know that I'll have a fresher start. I like working in those early hours because I'm not getting bothered or distracted with shit on my phone or people elsewhere trying to bug me mm-hmm. that like, you know, that like three, four, five, six a.m. in the studio working on stuff. It's great. Yeah. But once I start on something, I have a really hard time stopping it. So like I'll get home from work. Mm-hmm. I'll eat dinner. I'll start working on something at nine o'clock. Next thing I know, it's two in the morning. Yeah. You know, I have a really hard time st- starting something once I'm in it. So I think that the thing that has like really worked for me is this is fucking crazy is I assign specific days to work on specific projects. I've been wanting to do that struggling so it's like you know it's like i have like you know mondays i will only focus on this one thing to Mm -hmm. you know so it's like it's very i mean if i have extra time i will dabble in other things but there's always like every day has its own priority yeah and as long as i get those things done i try to convince myself that i've had a a fulfilling day Mm -hmm. and that i can lay down and try to relax now and not stress myself out yeah i also stopped drinking coffee at night how? Because oh, okay. I re- the 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 caffeine to anxiety connection mm. was very real for me. Very real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. I like, should probably get on that. But unfortunately just, real. Yeah. Well, that's good that you stopped then. I mean, good job. It's I it, I I still it's I still shake hands with the devil every once in a while. Trust oh, me. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I have a hard time. You know what I mean? If uh. I need a fucking cortado after work. I'm going to get one. That's yeah. the problem. I was like, it's like, I'm not going to, if I want something like I'm very selfish in the sense like, Oh, I want this. Yeah. I'll fucking do it. Even yeah. if I know it's bad for me. Like if I get home from a fucking show and I want to make a box of macaroni and cheese, I'll make it. 
Yeah. Stacy will probably be like, you know, you really shouldn't fucking eat that. I'll be like, I don't care. I'm an adult. I'm going to eat this box of macaroni and cheese. Fuck yeah. Because I've, I've lived on this miserable rock long enough that if I want a box of macaroni and cheese, I should be able to fucking have it. But then, but then I wake up feeling gross and farting and she's like, I told you. Yeah. That's what (laughs) humanity is all about. You know, you know, like, dude, I don't know, make do what makes you happy. And if that's macaroni and cheese, then like, why the fuck not? You know, it's Uh 2019. The earth is dying. We don't have to get into it, but I'm like (laughs) so into just like doing whatever the fuck makes you happy. What is, we're going to end on this. Okay. And this is always something that I really like to chat with people about. And I'm really curious what yours may be if you have one. Okay. So, Kaivos. Yes. You just finished slaying a gig. You had a good time. I don't know about you, but after shows, I get hungry. Oh, yeah. So, is there a particular spot where you like to go after a show to fulfill the hunger? What is it for you? Taco Bell. Every time. (laughs) Every time. The Taco Bell on the north side, since you live here also... Is a fucking nightmare. It does. It's never open <laughs> when it's supposed to be open. So I always finish these gigs at like like twelve a.m. or something, and I'm like, okay, fuck yeah, they're supposed to be open in the drive-through until a certain time, and they're just not. And I'm just really upset. Yo, <laughs> all the time. That Northside Taco Bell is a train wreck. They got better though. They were like they were going through a hard time, but like they got some new people oh, really? in there. And also, like by the way. If you worked at that Taco Bell, like, I don't blame you. Like, that must suck. And so if there were some employees that walked out, like, you know, like, I'm happy for them. But I also, like, really want Taco Bell constantly. So, yeah, always Taco Bell. Every time. What's your go-to Taco Bell item? Seven layer. Seven layer. Gotta get that guac. All about that guac. Yeah. Yeah. What's your your post-show meal? Um... Mac and cheese. For Manny's. That was my other thing. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Strip district for Manny's. That's way more classy than Taco Bell. Double egg and cheese, add onion. It's my jam. That's way more classy than Taco Bell. That's my jam. But I fucks with Taco Bell. It's it's cheap. If I go to to Taco Bell, it's my my go-to Taco Bell order. It's two spicy potato, two spicy soft taco, two spicy potato soft tacos. (laughs) <laughs> one black bean burrito. But a lot of the time, these motherfuckers, if you go there late at night, they're like, we don't have black beans right now. And I'm like. <laughs> it's me, not their fucking fault. Me, I worked in a I, drive-thru and it I, sucked. I worked at Taco Bell. My first job oh, ever really? was at Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. wow. I have total empathy for the food service industry. But at the same time, I'll be like, oh, fine. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm just like, okay, whatever, fine. Yeah. <sighs> It's just like, yeah, it just annoys me that I don't like when places I know Taco Bell. I think they have like a late night menu now, maybe. But if I don't they're ever even open in late nights. I don't never like happens. I don't like when places have late night menus and they don't advertise the late night menu. Like if I pull up to the drive through and there's all of these things on the board, I want to be able to order everything on the board. Yeah. But if you tell me there's a little corner that's like, oh, from 11 to 3 a.m., you can only get these things and it's advertised. I will be like, OK. Yeah. And that has that's not even the fault of the employers. No. That's the fault of the business in general. Yeah. yeah. Because you know what I mean? You know how it is. You're in fucking line. You're looking at the fucking thing. You make up. You, you try to be 
an adult and you make up your mind about what you want before it's your turn. Yeah. And then it's your turn and they don't have the thing that you want. And you're like, what the fuck? It's on the board. Absolute panic. Yeah. What do you do? Now what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I would I would just be like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm catching myself having performance anxiety at a drive through. I have way more anxiety <laughs> in drive throughs than I do playing shows. Hands down. Playing shows is easy. Ordering at a drive through absolutely terrifying. All right. Fuck. So yeah. uh, I could I could swap the battery in the camera, but we're an hour 12 in. I think we should probably wrap this. But we still have a little bit of fear to beard. We have a little bit of beer to finish. <laughs> so I'm going to close this out. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Kai. Thank you for coming by last minute. One more time. Cheers. Be sure to check out Kai's stuff on Spotify. Space Cadet, it is available now. It's a really cool fucking record. Thank you. I'm really excited to hear. You just released something new recently too. I did. A single. There was a single that dropped too. Check out the stuff, especially (laughs) if you're in. Just check it out. I'm not even going to just listen to it. If you don't like it, that's okay. Fuck you. But if you know somebody that might like it, you could share it with them. That would be cool. I'll be back yeah. again in a couple days. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll just awkwardly do this. Uh, and then, yeah. Well, okay. <sighs> that beer really threw me off. I'm sorry. I, oh, yeah, I spilled no. the beer. And then I'm like, there's all these like, I'm sorry, I'm getting like distracted with my phone. And no, it's all good. You're we need good. to we need to break the chains of our connection. With uh, there's too many things going on. There's too much technology. Yeah, but also we make electronic music. So yeah, like, I'm like, this is like I I don't <laughs> I don't really feel like myself without these on. Yeah, so this is like ideal. Word. Cool. And we are done.